Welcome to the Band of Brothers podcast. We are beginning a new six-week study entitled Communicating with Your Family. We are being led by Rick Wirtz from Faithful Fathering Initiative of Texas. We meet on Thursday mornings from 6 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. We welcome you there at the Fellowship Center at Houston's First Baptist Church. Hope to see you soon and have a great day. You know, I know how hard uh, Eric works and I just want to let you know that there's one story he overlooked. Okay, I just want to bring one more story to light for you. It was about a, a Spanish teacher was explaining to her class that uh, in Spanish, unlike English, nouns are designated as either masculine or feminine. So I thought that was important for us to discuss this morning because, you know, this masculinity issue and this over-feminization of men, I thought Spanish language may have something to offer. So this is what she said. Uh, she said, you know, uh, a house, for instance, is feminine. It's la casa. And a pencil, however, is masculine with el lapis. And a student asked, well, what gender is a computer? And instead of giving the answer, she gave the, the group a, a challenge to figure out. So she let the girls go one direction, the guys go one direction. She says, you each come up with four ideas of why it might be masculine or feminine. So the guys did this, and they decided, well, they were going to call it the la computadores. And they, they, the four reasons they gave is that no one but their creator understands their logic. The native language they use to communicate with other computers is incomprehensible to everyone else. Even the smallest mistakes are stored in long-term memory for possible retrieval later. And as soon as you make a commitment to one, you find yourself spending half your paycheck on accessories for it. So obviously it's a feminine deal, right? Well, the girls weren't to be outdone. They came back and said, well, they're going to call their computers El Computador, all right? And uh, their reasons are, well, in order to get, do them, get them to do anything, you've got to turn them on. They have to have a lot of data, but they, they do have a lot of data, but they still can't think for themselves. They're supposed to help you to solve problems, but half, time, half the time they are the problems. And finally, as soon as you commit to one, you realize if you'd waited just a little longer, you could have gotten a better model. All right, so the women won. <laughs> All right, one story Eric overlooked this morning. All right, this morning, men, we're talking about uh, communicating with your family. We've uh, done a lot over the last uh, several weeks. We only have one more week left, by the way, today and uh, next week. So uh, we'll be on the, on the wrapping up side. Uh, we do know well the... The four com community, what we call the uh, negative patterns to avoid. I think we've become very familiar with them. Isn't it amazing how so many of our negative patterns indeed fall into these categories? You know, it, I find that usually it encompasses a couple of them, not just one. But of course, it's escalation where we the frustration percolates into anger. We got to win that argument. There's invalidation where we make someone feel completely. Uh, insignificant in, in their opinion and their role and whatever, and, and it just uh, sends communication southward. you got the negative interpretations, the mind reading, not allowing anyone to make ground because you've already decided what they're going to say, and finally the withdrawal and avoidance. Uh, are you tuning in in these? Are you being seeing these across the week? Feel like that's a, indeed representative? Okay. All right. We also talked about the listening filters. You know, these are the things that help us kind of, kind of control and uh, give our our uh, our communication a dimension that that may take us down the right path and may not. 
but we realize that these listening filters, uh, inattention. Anybody been working on that this past week? Realize how that sometimes when you are communicating, you're really not paying attention? You've been able to work on that a little bit? It's amazing how that immediately conveys respect when we show a little bit of attention and put down that newspaper, turn off that television, turn off the radio, whatever the case may be. Even turn off the cell phone when you take your daughter out on a date. You know, just make sure there are no interruptions. The emotional state, good and bad, good and bad moods, your beliefs and expectations. We talked about how what we grow up with is what we expect. And if we aren't in that environment or we have some false expectations, they can take our communication down the wrong path as well. Style difference, introvert, extrovert. Self-protection was one. Anybody run into this? We talked last week how self-protection could be... Uh, a child coming up wanting to go play ball with his dad, but he knew he was busy, so he's really not going to ask him at all. So he, he didn't want to get hurt by his dad saying, I'm busy, so he never even asked the question. We could flip that a little bit, too. I've, I know uh, several times I'll encourage a guy to ask his daughter out on a date. He says, well, she doesn't want to go out with me. I don't want that rejection. I'm not even going to ask her. You see how that's self-protection? I say, ask her. They come back the next week, they're just floored that their daughter actually wanted, not only wanted to go out with them, but they talked all dinner long. They hadn't talked that long, that much in, in 15 years, you know, and they, they, she just gets the, the, the whole deal over dinner. You know, those are the things that we have to be careful of on the listening filters. Don't, uh, don't let them filter out an opportunity to communicate, which is, of course, what we're working on. Last week, we talked about communicating in conflict. How did the safe structure go this week? Anybody able to... Really manage that? Any examples? Anybody want to share? After all this good humor, you aren't awake yet? Creating a safe structure in the home, how about seeking forgiveness? Y'all, uh, any of that going on? Amen? All right. Okay. There's some. How'd that humility work for you? God is, yeah? God is good, huh? God honors that humility. And uh, one of the most powerful stories I heard was a mom finally, uh, she, she was trying to figure a way her daughter had thrown a fit, and uh, she went in and, and told her daughter, four-year-old daughter, listen, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And she was trying to figure out how she could get her daughter to come back and make sure that she asked for forgiveness of what, and, as well. But you know what? The child automatically came back and says, well, Mom, I'm sorry, too. Will you forgive me? That's how God works. We don't have to orchestrate the thing. We just have to be real, be humble, be honest, and uh, let God be God. Okay. Well, this morning we're moving on. It's called How to Handle Problems Well on page 63 of your book. And uh, this is a... a a challenging area. You know, we, we talked about communicating in conflict last week, and now to handle problems well, we realize how complicated things can get. And what I'm here to share with you is that you know, family therapists have noted repeatedly that if you can get families to respectfully listen to each other, they can more easily solve and handle their problems. As they understand each other, it's crucial that they understand each other because understanding maintains respect and connectedness. Understanding maintains respect and connectedness in the family. If you can do those two things, you're on the right track on communicating. Respect and connectedness. And understand also that uh, 
whatever the problems are, it's never the issue. It's always how you respond to the issue. Right? It's never the issue. It's how you respond to the issue. So let's talk about problems. If you define a problem, a question proposed for solution or consideration. That sounds like our uh, high school and college days, doesn't it? Uh, a matter or situation or person that's perplexing or difficult. Now we're a little bit closer, aren't we? A matter, person, or a situation that's per perplexing or difficult. And then finally, someone or something that is very difficult to deal with. Any of those uh, bring some things to mind for you? Definition, can we agree on that definition? No problem? All right. That's a problem. What we know is that all families do have problems, yeah? We also know that teamwork is critical to work through those problems. And uh, there's no quick fix, no quick fix, no, no quick fix, but usually, usually a solution is attainable. So that's what we have to, to, to understand. These quick fixes aren't, aren't the solution, right? So the difference, uh, you understand that the, when the quick fix seems a little bit too easy, it probably is. Just like we've learned over the last number of years that maybe if the money was a little bit too easy, to 8, 8, 10, 12 percent, maybe it wasn't, wasn't so easy, maybe it wasn't so real after all. What we also know is that there are surface problems, there are subsurface problems, and then there are hidden issues. And we're going to discuss all three of those across this morning together. And uh, so we'll kind of walk through that, okay? So we know that families have problems, and we know that there are really three different levels of problems that, uh, that really uh, that we need to work through. All right, so let's talk about those surface problems. A surface problem uh, can be a messy house. It can be uh, it can be a, a, a kid's attitude. You know, these these something's going on across the day, and it to keep it on the surface, we have to do some things to make sure we're uh, identifying what's going on. So if you uh, if you look on page uh, 64, there's a reference there to an X Y Z statement. And that XYZ statement is essentially a restatement of, uh, of what a child says. So, you know, the goal is to understand the problem, and when you use this XYZ statement, you're essentially asking them, when you do X in situation Y, I feel like Z. And the example they give is, is a mother talking to her daughter says, you're such a slob, you messed up the house again. All right? What horse is that? Invalidation, absolutely invalid. You're a slob. You messed up the house again. So there, a horse comes riding right in and, and takes takes over the show. Now look at the at the second statement there. It says, when when you drop your backpack and jacket on the floor, the behavior, as you come in the door at the end of the day, the situation, I feel frustrated. How well does that? diffuse the situation? Does that sensitize the young lady, her daughter, that, you know, I may have had a rough day too and you just, you just threw something in my face without saying it, saying it in a gentle way? What do you think the daughter's response would be to that? Yeah, I'm sorry, Mom. I'll pick it up, hopefully. If not, at least the mother didn't initiate the deal, all right? So that's, uh, that's what the XYZ statement is. It absolutely conveys that respect. And, uh, and clarifies the perspective of the situation, all right? Doesn't allow the perspective to get blown out of perspective. And isn't that the issue usually with commu communication that spirals southward? 
the perspective kind of shifts and, and uh, gets blown out of perspective and we go somewhere where we really didn't need to go at all, whether it's the cap off the toothpaste or, or whether it's a backpack dropped in the middle of the living room. So that's, uh, that's one of our challenges. So primary step is the discussion to uh, understand the problem, utilize XYZ statement as best you can, and, and as you practice it, it does come around pretty easily to, to help you convey that respect and to clarify the situation. All right? The next step, of course, is prayer. Always wrap any kind of problem, any kind of uh, you know, situation like this in prayer. Uh, let God, invite God into the discussion. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. That's our goal. If we just invite God into the discussion, a lot of this stuff becomes very clear. And that's the second step in handling the problems. Discussion, go to prayer, and make sure that you have that opportunity to get some clarity beyond your own understanding. Because I guarantee you, there's always another th something else going on when there's a problem that we need to get to. All right? So invite God into the discussion. And finally, you have the opportunity then to work toward a solution of whatever the problem is. Now, the, the way to do that is to set an agenda as to uh, what, you, you know, what you want to discuss. You know, we've had, uh, honey, we've had a past week, uh, every day you've come home from school, you've thrown something down on the floor, mom's a little bit frustrated, let's make sure that we're discussing and, and what our responsibilities are in the house. So we're going to have an agenda for this discussion. We're going to brainstorm what the problems are. You know, maybe uh, the child doesn't feel like, uh, you know, there's anywhere else to put the Backpack. It just that she's going to come back and get her stuff done there anyway. What's what's the problem? She doesn't see it as a problem. So you know these are the things you kind of brainstorm and see what's what what you can do, and then you find a way to reach an agreement and compromise. You know this isn't the time to covet. <laughs> you know covet your ideas or what your solution is. This is the time to find that right solution, compromise as necessary, and get an agreement as to what the solution to the problem is. Make sense? That's, uh, that's what we have to do. And then we follow up, maybe a weekly council, family council, to follow back up and make sure everybody feels comfortable with what's going on. You know, is the backpack still getting dropped in the middle of the living room? Just one example. Any other surface problems that you want to share that are going on in your house? We can... All right. So discussion, prayer, and solution is what we're trying to work through. Kind of sounds like a business meeting, doesn't it? You set the agenda, you brainstorm. That's kind of brainstorm is an 80s word, isn't it? You just everybody gets to, everybody gets to throw their opinions in. The key to any kind of brainstorm is you don't you don't uh, boohoo any idea. Every idea gets some listening time, some discussion. But what we also know is that sometimes there's no solution. What do you do then? Sometimes there's no solution. You've gone through, you've done everything, you've invited God into the discussion, and you just aren't getting anywhere. Then you have a choice to make. There's really three options. One is, uh, my example, when I busted out of the house, there's residual damage. It lasted 13, 15 years. Not a good option, but that is one of the options. The second is to seek counsel from a pastor or friend. Great opportunity there. You know, that uh, counsel 
there seems to be a stigma. There, that fortunately, I think the stigma is decreasing. But there is nothing more powerful when a when a family is struggling than to get a third party, objective third party, Christian third party into the discussion. So Christian counseling or pastor or, or whatever would be a very powerful insight to uh, to uh, solve that problem, to help get through this problem, All right? Bring things back into perspective a little bit. Highly recommend that as an opportunity. And finally, you can agree to disagree. Now, that isn't acceptable for long term, but it might be necessary for a night's rest. <laughs> you know, agree to disagree until you can start the discussion, the prayer, and the solution again. All right, so agree to disagree until you can start this process back over so you can finally work through whatever the problem is. Make sense? So, yes, there are times you might have to agree to, agree to disagree. I will say you, you don't let the sun go down on your anger. Okay, so you, you agree to disagree, pray together, and you pray that you will come back and discuss this at a later date, the next day, you know, that type of thing. So the key is not to allow that first, the residual damage, the woundedness, to happen. That's what we, that's what we want to eliminate from the options. Okay? All right, so that's a look at the surface problems. Those are the things, and, and really what we're doing here in this, in this orchestration of the discussion, prayer, and solution is working to keep them on the surface, all right, so they can get solved before they go any deeper. But there are subsurface problems, and these are things that uh, typically show up in the frustrating things of the day. It may be that backpack dropped on the floor is the event, but in fact, your daughter has been you know, uh, negated in some way, invalidated in school. I'll share my daughter years ago when she was in uh, sixth grade, fifth, yeah, sixth grade actually. Uh, one of her her uh, best friends uh, gave her a sheet of paper that she had ripped out of a book. It was called a slam book. Anybody familiar with what a slam book is? It was a book that uh, girls would write about a girl. And somehow, reason or another, my daughter was the subject of this slam book. It's always out of jealousy, out of, you know, just warped sense. But girls, you know, their language made, would make sailors wince, the language that sixth grade girls would use in this slam book. And uh, so when my daughter came home from this incident, it was thanks to the sensitivity of my bride that she realized what was going on. You know, on the surface, Amanda was upset. Below the surface, her whole perspective on relationship, trust, friends, the whole nine yards was really in complete disarray because these are girls that she trusted as friends that were no longer friends, or they certainly didn't treat her like a friend. And to this day, you know, that was uh, sixth grade, to this day, she's very guarded about her friendship. But you see how my bride handled that as we had a sit-down discussion. We prayed through it, and we came up with the solution was to help her process these feelings and uh, just understand that this is a life lesson. Why you have to take this body blow now, I have no idea. You know, sixth grade ought to be a fun time, free, carefree living, you know, all that stuff. But for whatever reason, we know God's at work and he's, we're learning something about relationships. Yes, there are people you can trust. Yes, there are people you can't trust. There's turkeys everywhere. And we have to be able to discern through that and, uh, and, and navigate through that. Unfortunately, 
you know, to our daughters, you had to learn this lesson at a young age. Lots of folks don't learn this until they're in their 30s and 40s. So understand that this is an opportunity, not just a time to waller in pity. So what I'm suggesting here is that sometimes these day-to-day -day happenings, these events, are just events, and they need to stay on the surface. Sometimes uh, they, when they lead to an argument or it receives more attention than it deserves, it's pointing to something else. All right? But don't let the events always percolate into a, a problem, help uh, discern through the events. The challenge is to, to understand when there are indeed difficult issues, you see. There may be a, an event around our house is always uh, when I pay the bills, you know, because I get very frustrated. And I just, you know, they're, they're, I don't like paying bills. I don't like, my, I don't like paying for anything, right? That's just a guy. But they, that's, that's my economic philosophy. Keep your cost to zero, you'll always be okay. Fortunately, I married a young lady that's pretty close to my, my uh, she does a great job on the cost side of the equation. All right, but the difficult issues are the, you know, there are things underneath the surface. You know, it, it may be that indeed the end of the month came uh, later than the end of the money. You know, and that's an issue. That's a difficult issue, right? It may be uh, some sexual issues. Maybe there's a perspective there that you guys need to ascertain and work through and understand together. There may be, on both sides of our family, there's alcohol on both sides. And so there are some idiosyncrasies that we have in our personalities we have to be careful. We have to make sure we navigate through to not let them get out, you know, get, get out of perspective, you see. They can take many of our different communication opportunities way south very quickly because we overreact to a couple of, I, I will overreact to a couple of frustrating events, right? My challenge, and my challenge to you, is always work to separate the events, those frustrating events that happen across the day from the difficult issues, you see? Because what can happen when those events start to percolate that uh, that white horse will show up and that'll start to escalate. You'll be frustrated and you cross the line into anger and all of a sudden it's a huge deal. All right. Whereas if you understand that this is an event, I'm tired, I'm going to overreact, I'm just going to recognize it as an event. I'm going to be listening that maybe there's an issue associated with this, be it the money, sex, alcohol, whatever. We'll discuss that separately. How do we do that? Discussion, prayer, solution. You agree to discuss it, you pray through it, and you set a time to discuss what the solution may be. All right? But keep them separate, otherwise there's way too much emotion and, uh, like I said, the opportunity for a horse to jump in there and take that, that communication spiraling southward. So control when, where, and how you deal with the issues. Let the events just do what they're going to do. Keep the issues separate and jump in and, and solve those as you can. Make sense? Right. Along these lines, I want to share a, a short clip. This is a clip from one of my favorite movies, uh, Secondhand Lions. Anybody seen that movie? Great great family movie, one of the few that are out there that they're completely appropriate all across for all ages. But this is an area, if you if you recall, recall, this nephew has been dropped off at a couple of uh, uncles' farm. These uncles are just old, diehard, you know, old school bachelors. And they really don't want anything to do with this nephew, but they don't 
they just see it on the surface. They don't really see what's going on below in his life. And his mother has has dropped him off and gone and said she did something, and uh, he knows something isn't right because she isn't where she's supposed to be. So I want you to listen to this and identify what the surface problem is and then identify what may be below the surface here as these guys work through this situation with this young man. Hub, I don't know why you have to drive. It's my car. Stop whining. We find a kid, he's going to get a piece of my mind. There he is. Lawyer, stay in the car. Up, come on. No, no, you, not me, no. Oh. Get out of the car. in your next move. Where do you figure I'm going? Here. Here you code 406, Montana. How come you're you're not heading to uh, Fort Worth where your mama is? She's not there. She lied. Again. Listen, kid, uh, we know you got your heart set on going to Montana, but uh, it's late. Hub, help me out here. Why? Sounds like his mind's made up. Good luck in Montana, kid. We got better maps than that one at the house, right, Hub? Yeah, man, needs a good map, that's for sure. Sure. I've been to the orphan home before. I don't want to go back. Damn it, kid. It ain't our fault you got a lousy damn mother. Guess I should get going. Which way is north? Say one thing for this kid. He sure pisses off the relatives. Uh, listen, kid. Uh, do us a favor. If you come back to the house and stay a while, why, our relatives are going to hate it. I, I bet they hate it so much, they go away and leave us all the hell alone. Crazy enough, it just mm -hmm. might work. Sure. Come on, kid. Help us out here. Guess I could come back for a while. This thing is so important. What was the service problem?
ran away, right? He just ran away and uh, was looking for just getting out of the situation, just running off. That was a surface problem. What was the subsurface problem? His mom, his mom lied. He missed his mom, and his mom had lied to him. And what was a little bit further below the surface of there? He didn't want to go back to the orphanage. He'd been there. You see how the situation, the surface problem, that event really was was the event of running away. There's something underneath there. It's a different issue you need to be addressed. How were uh, were, uh, Duvall and uh, Michael Caine handling that? Were they in sync with what they were going to (laughs) do? Yeah, that was the, they made the boy what? All of a sudden feel needed. And they were, they had the opportunity to be an influence in the, in the young man's life. So you see how very, a lot of times those issues are not obvious at all. But if we can keep that event and keep it in perspective and, and, and begin to address the issues underneath it, then we can get somewhere in the communication effort. But uh, the key is, like I said, to make sure that you control how that happens so that the event doesn't allow one of those horses to get control of the situation. Keep the horses in check. Address the issue. All right? Okay. There's a dimension here that uh, that goes a little bit deeper yet. That is called the uh, hidden issues. I'd like you to look at page, uh, I think it's on page 69, that uh, we start to look at this a little bit. And these are, these are things that uh, get a little bit deeper. And I, I want to share with you, you know, how we can recognize some of these hidden issues. Remember, we talk about surface problems, subsurface problems, now hidden issues, and how we might handle that to some degree. One of the ways you recognize uh, the hidden issues is when uh, the discussion uh, just starts spinning the wheels in discussion. You can't ever really get traction. You may be talking about, uh, you know, your family heritage with your wife. There may be some reference to. Uh, your kids are getting this from you, and you know you're, they're getting this from me, and you know you have those discussions, and there's there's really no beef there. You're just kind of spinning the wheels with where you're headed. Uh, there may be some superficial triggers that cause a spark for an argument. You know, it may be that when uh, that that one more time that your wife says that you remind her of your dad, that's a trigger, or that that. Uh, that your kids, uh, you know, that that uh, our daughter has, has gotten this from your side of the family. You know, those those sometimes trigger what some of the hidden issues might be. Avoidance of you or a specific topic. Maybe you don't even want to talk about your family heritage because you just flat don't want to go there, or maybe she doesn't want to go there. Maybe you don't want to talk about the alcoholism in the past. Maybe you don't want to talk about anger issues. Maybe you don't want to talk about you know, some of the other issues that, that couples need to talk about. You avoid that specific topic. Maybe even avoid you in that, in that situation. Or there's some avoidance going on. And finally, there may be that, that reference in the uh, computer, there's some scorekeeping going on. You know, if there's uh, some scorekeeping going on, well, let's see, uh, you've done this and this and this, and you know, but you haven't done this and this. You know, you, there's, there's that scorekeeping can suggest that there's something else 
percolating a little bit, quite a bit below the surface. Make sense? Ever happen? Ever happen? So spinning wheels in discussion, superficial triggers can cause a spark, avoidance of you or a specific topic, and scorekeeping in a relationship. That's how you recognize a hidden issue exists. How do you handle? Well, let's go back and discuss what some of those hidden issues are. If you look down there, it may be that uh, your integrity is questioned. Let's go back here a little bit. Your integrity, uh, it may be that uh, there's some questions about the bank statement, your, your checkbook. And she wants to know where you spent that money or you want to know where she spent that money. So there's an integrity question. You don't trust me. All right? So that's, that's one of those hidden issues. Maybe that goes back to uh, some childhood issues. It may be acceptance. It may be uh, that there's a commitment, you know, a commitment to the relationship. Maybe that there's a, a history of divorce in your family and there's really that, that question about the level of commitment. So there may be some scorekeeping going on to show that you aren't really keeping your commitment or vice versa. You see how that could happen? So that hidden issue is really, you know, are you, are you committed to this relationship? Are you committed to being the, the husband that I expect you to be? Are you committed to being the father your children need? Maybe it's an acceptance issue. You know, that hidden issue where we all need that acceptance, that love. And maybe your bride never got that as a, as a young girl. And so she's really leaning on you to provide some of that. And, and at, at the end of the day, she really doesn't know what that means. It may be a control issue for you. This is, uh, you know, I always say I never had any problem with communication as long as people do what I say. If I can, if I can have that control then I'm in good shape. But when I start to lose that control, I don't like it. And that's one of my hidden issues. I want to be in control. Everything is black and white. There is no gray. We put the gray out. You know, I want that control. That's an issue in our relationship that we've been, I've worked on for the 28 years we've been married. The good news is God's not done with me yet. But I still like to be in control. <laughs> you know, it's just, that's one of those deals. That's, that's how I kept from getting hurt as a young kid. I took control of the situation. You know, Dad, I had no idea what to expect when I came blasting through the door after school or what have you. He may be passed out on the floor. He may be in a rage. He may, you know, be normal. I didn't know. The way, how did I, how did I take care of that? I controlled the situation as best I could. Maybe I'd just go out and play ball the rest of the day or whatever the case may be. You know, that's, that was my, that was our issue. So, Understand that the the recognition of what those hidden issues might be. Now, how do you handle them once you begin to once you do recognize what those hidden issues are? Number one, it's that discussion, prayer, and solution. Establish when and where you're going to do that. When, where, and how you're going to have that discussion. Ensure that it's a constructive dialogue. You might put some ground rules down and say that uh, you know we're not going to. We're not going to allow this to percolate out of, of perspective. We want to stay uh, communicative. We want to stay objective in the way we're going to address this. So you want to uh, create that opportunity to have a constructive dialogue in the deal. This isn't something that gets solved with one sit-down issue either. I mean, uh, it's, it can be a weekly family council. It can be a, 
a, a weekly date with your wife just to have that one-on-one time to just make sure that you're in sync and you're, you're on the same page in, in this particular issue. And, uh, you know, that's what we have to do. It's a, it's a process to uh, ensure that, that you have that opportunity to nurture this solution for the, addressing the hidden issue over time. Seek understanding of feelings and concerns. You know, what did we say at the very beginning? That a family that really understands the problem and, res and, and respects each other, there's a connectedness. There's a respect and a connectedness as you gain that understanding. It says that in Scripture too, doesn't it? If we seek knowledge, we gain understanding. As we gain understanding, our relationship grows. As we... Uh, Seek that understanding of feeling and feelings and concerns. We can uh, pursue the opportunity to deepen that relationship. And finally, don't push for a solution. You know, if my bride had pushed for a solution the first time we sat down to, to talk about this obsessive nature to be in control all the time, we probably wouldn't have lasted a year. But she didn't. She was patient. We worked together. And uh, we, we matured. I matured uh, as, a, as a Christian and as a husband and as a father to understand that there's only one guy in control anyway. Why do I think I can grab that? Yeah. Just like today, right? Kind of out of control on the, some of these economic happenings lately. But what we do know is that God's in control of all this. And in his sovereign perspective, He's working through this. We just had to find a way to stay focused on him amidst all the distractions. That's the way it is in communication in the family as well. Our challenge is to stay focused on him amidst all the distractions that are going on, no matter whether they're surface, subsurface, or these hidden issues. So don't push for a solution. Know that the solution will come as we are patient and understanding in the effort. All right? So, let's, let's talk about that just a little bit more. Anything on your heart when it comes to those hidden issues? Anything percolating in your family? Any uh, history of anything going on? Yes, sir. Well, I thought I thought the example you're right. The the question was, if y'all didn't hear, it, was uh, the how do you do that? You know, our our tendency is, you know, hey, get over it. You know, go on. You already made your decision. I'm out of here. I've done what I can do. You know, that's that. How do we stay engaged? Well, I I thought it was uh, very appropriate that uh, his brother stood up. Right, his brother came alongside him and said, "Up, oh, we don't really want to do this. We want to make sure we're here for this young man." And that's what we have in our wife. My wife will give me a timeout. She'll say, hey, you're pushing this envelope. You know, Let's pick our battles a little bit better. 
also have some battle buddies, surround ourselves with battle buddies like we are here at these tables. That's, that's what gives us that insight to understand that we may be a little too rigid in, in our response, and that rigidness is actually causing the issue to go quite a bit further southward. So we have to surround ourselves with Christian men. We have to empower our wives to, to say the right words in the right way to keep us on that track. Because I guarantee you, you know, the, all the issue, we, we talked a little bit at the start about feminism, masculinity, and what have you, and how we're feminized world. You know, one of the things we have to respect, just like in marriage, there's, yes, men and women are created equal. But there's a uniqueness between a man versus a woman. And that dynamic is what makes a husband and wife, a man-woman relationship, the family, the family. All right? You also, as an individual, have unique gifts that allow you to navigate through your life. Don't ever play those down, but find ways that that strength, that, 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 that characteristic there, Rick, it's a strength can also be a strength in guiding a son or a daughter through a tough time. If you allow your wife to complement that strength with her strengths, you see, and, and then you have a dialogue. That's why I, I really uh, tip my cap and, and lift up single-parent families. Because when a mom or a dad have to be both, they lose that critical dynamic that helps you solve most of your problems. I mean, I, I can't imagine where I would be if my bride hasn't all, hadn't always been there to say, "Hey, let's think about this a minute." You know, that that those are that that's the dynamic we're trying to get to, and that's really what communication is. You see, if we can allow that dynamic that we have access to, I mean, if, can you imagine if we were really communicating well enough with our heavenly Father? that we, as a truth project states, if we really believed what we believe is really real? You know, can you imagine getting to that perspective, that dimension in our relationship and our communication with our Heavenly Father? And it's the same way, to my perspective, in marriage. Because I always say our relationship with our wife is the closest thing to the relationship with Jesus Christ here in the flesh. And until we let that relationship flourish and all the dynamics of commun that communication offer, then we're not really being effective as parents. And that's what has helped us over the years to handle our problems a little bit better each time in that we can look at it a little bit more holistically with God in the equation, with her perspective, with my perspective, with our kids' perspective, and begin to process that. So that then we can equip the kids in their uniqueness as well, you see. And that's where that's where I challenge you because I guarantee you it all comes down to how well we can discuss, how well we have God engaged in the in, invite him into discussion, and then how well we allow that solution to manifest itself. Not that we have the solution already designed. We go into the communication seeking clarity for a solution. We can't, you know, that that really, that when I talk about my control issue, I already had that solution. I just had to get everybody there, right? That's not the idea. The idea is discussion, prayer, and let the solution manifest itself. Make sense?
see what the Lord has to say here. When it comes to handling problems, Proverbs 1.3 says, uh, acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. Proverbs has a lot of this. This is, by the way, a great discipline for boys. Get them to read a, a proverb a day for a month as part of a disciplinary action. You know, if you're going to, you know, whatever whatever you do. And it's not bad practice for you to do with them either, by the way. I think it's Alistair Begg that said, if we could have young men that spend as much time in Proverbs as they do on ESPN, we would have no problems. And if we had young women that stayed in the Word as much as they stayed in the Cosmopolitan magazine, we would have women and men that would uh, be complimentary, and uh, we'd have some strong marriages. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Wow. Starting a quarrel. That's that white horse, isn't it? The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. The ears of the wise seek it out. Seek knowledge, gain understanding. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to the words, the words of knowledge. Apply your heart to instruction. Apply your heart to instruction. And finally, I like, uh, this is where the book, uh, don't sweat the small stuff, and in parentheses, it's all small stuff. Understand 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18, all our troubles are light and momentary troubles. Keep an eternal perspective on some of this stuff as well. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in the here and now, and uh, it can get overwhelming. All you have to do is pick up the paper, turn on the news, what have you. Devil's done some pretty good work in the last while, and what we have to do is stay focused on Jesus and uh, let Him do what He does. All right, let's talk about our homework here. Week five, we uh, want you to stay on top of your daily application work. I didn't ask how did it go last week. That, that huh? That. That was a pretty hard week. I mean, there were a lot of application boxes to fill out and what have you. Was it, were you able to work through that okay? Good stuff. All right, this week gets a little bit tougher, too. Then we get a little bit easier on the last one, all right? Okay, I want you to uh, stay on top of that. You know, try to do something every day or two, initiate an action step. Work on recognizing and, and handling those hidden issues. And finally, Scripture memorization is Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Uh, two other things I want to ask you. The next week will be our last week together, so I want you to get your family to sign off. You had them sign off when you started the study. Have them sign off on that page. I think it's page 93. Have them sign off that you've completed the study, all right, because uh, you need to have that uh, validation. I'd like to I'll, – I'll probably visit the tables and see those next week if I can. I'd also like you to look at that evaluation form back there as well and try to get that filled out before you come in next week. We'll have a short uh, survey at the end of next week as well. Read verbal blessings and affirmations once uh, you get the homework done. For the small group breakout, open in prayer as always. Discuss progress. The last week uh, action step, discuss some of these uh, problem-solving ideas we've thrown out there. The discussion, the prayer, the seeking the solution. And uh, see if that makes sense to you. 
and uh, make next week's action step commitment on your on your log on your in your book, and finally update your prayer logs and uh, close in prayer. Any questions before we go break out in small group? Having fun? If it was easy, all the girls would do it. Right? Let's close this session in prayer. Lord, thank you for being who you are, doing what you do. Uh, I just thank you for helping each of us to learn to communicate with you better each and every day. Help us to uh, listen well and uh, invite you into every discussion. Guide us and be with us as we uh, be real in these small group discussions. Shed some light on, on the issues that uh, we face and that we will face across this week, the, pro the surface problems, the subsurface problems, and even some hidden issues. Give us the clarity and the strength and the perseverance and the diligence to uh, just press on through this study that we may uh, be a little bit clearer in, uh, in our relationships and uh, particularly our communication within those relationships. Guide us and be with us. Lift these things up in the name of the risen Lord Jesus the Christ. Amen. All right, small group.